Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Just a few things that I want to recap on from last week and then we're going to continue with our series on unbroken intimacy. Just recapping from Marna last week, if you missed out, um, she said that we were created to be satisfied and fulfilled on one thing. And I ministered and we prayed into that a little bit in the time of worship while we were praising God. But we were created to be satisfied and fulfilled on one thing and that one thing only, union with God and His Spirit in us which also obviously makes fellowship with one another possible, but we were created to be content on that one thing. And if we start finding satisfaction or trying to find fulfillment through any other means than Jesus, we're setting ourselves up for failure, for disappointment. The awesome thing with, with godly contentment, it goes without saying, but it will never disappoint when we place first things first, what God created us for, for relationship with him. The awesome thing with buying into this truth, into this reality, pouring into this is when we truly believe this for what it is, we will be the most content people on the face of the earth, which means that when people go through turmoil, they'll come running to you. Because you could be going through the same turmoil that everyone else is going through. Lockdown was turmoil for all of us. Some of us maybe lost our jobs, but it was traumatic in some degree for all of us. But whether this truth was a reality, you determined and would have defined whether you were content throughout that period. And whether people would be coming to you asking advice or Receiving ministry from you based on the level of contentment that you are experiencing or not. And it's not condemning again if you haven't experienced this level of contentment and enjoying this surety. But it's an invitation to know that there's more for you. And it's found in Jesus and contentment in him. This morning we're going to look at a God of friendship. And so you guys can open up. And I want to encourage you to make notes, questions for yourself. This isn't just a... Uh, a lecture where you have to kind of sit through and not think for yourself and take everything that I say as the truth, the only truth, but nothing but the truth. I trust that I'll only share truth with you. And I'll trust that uh, my interpretation of the word and the way that I'm breaking down the word will be truth for you, but you have to think for yourself. Don't ever go to a setting where Bible is open up and you take everything as the truth, the only truth and absolute truth. We weren't created. God doesn't, didn't design us to partake of his word in that way. And throughout history, whenever there was huge problems within the body of Christ, it is in sects or in denominations where this is evident. Where it's one person sharing the truth, the only truth, and you can't ask any questions. Take it as it is. That's not discipleship. Discipleship is us all becoming students of the word and growing in the word, asking questions, thinking for ourselves, and having personal relationship with God. It's not one man, one mediator, and all of you guys. I'm not that guy. 
Jesus is the mediator, and all of us get to enjoy fellowship with him and through that enjoy sonship and relationship with God. So God is a God of friends. And I want to invite us. There's a saying that says, you'll be known by the company you keep. And there's also scripture that talks about uh, the company you keep. If you uh, mix with the, 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 the swine, then you'll be eaten up and etc. And there's uh, different references to, uh, to this statement in the word. But I want to focus in on this is really a truth that rings true that you'll be known by the company you keep. And we get to keep company with the Holy Spirit. And when we keep company with the Holy Spirit, we will be known of people. As it says that um, in Acts, it writes about, I think it was Peter and John, and it says that, and they saw and they behold Peter and John, and they could see, I'm paraphrasing, they could see that they were with Jesus. They've spent time with Jesus. So let's keep company. Let's be purposeful because remember, Keeping company with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that we come and we go and he comes and he goes. No, he's always there. He's always keeping company with us, but we're not always keeping company with him. It's a matter of focus. It's a matter of awareness. And let's be purposeful about being aware of the Holy Spirit and the company that we share with him. Because through that, there'll be an overflow of his characteristics in our lives. Now, let's ask a question quickly. What are some characteristics that really define the health of your friendships. Your best friendships. What characteristics are within those friendships? What gives you confidence in your best friendships? Think about that. It's those friends that are always there for you. It's those friends that treat you better than you deserve. It's those friends of you that aren't keeping wrongs that you've done in the relationship against them. It's those friends that you know where you stand with them. You're not, you're not unsure of where you stand with them. You're sure about where you stand with them. And so the Holy Spirit is our reason. We're going to look at this primarily this morning. The Holy Spirit is the reason we have and we can have the best friendship with our Heavenly Father. Let's go to Philippians 2 verse 1. So this, this whole series and the theme of this this first term of the month is Holy Spirit. So everything that we're going to be talking about is going to be zoned in the Holy Spirit of God. What does it mean for us? What has he made available to us? What can we enjoy through him? And this morning, I wanted to focus, focus specifically on the friendship that we have with God. And all of the reasons we can have the best friendship with our Heavenly Father. So Philippians chapter 2 verse 1 says, Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You are full to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. This is awesome. We need to really understand that the Holy Spirit has made it possible for us to enjoy unbroken fellowship, unbroken intimacy with God. And we've said it over and over again, and we'll say it over and over again, because repetition helps you to remember. We're creatures of repetition, of habit. We need to hear something over and over and over again, because guess what? There's so many voices out there in your life, on media, at the work that speaks a contrary word, that speaks a different word about the truth that we're receiving from the word of God. And so we need to continually wash ourselves with the word. How often do you bath? Don't tell me. Like, uh, I don't want you, 
you to uh, give away your uh, your lack of hygiene or uh, anything like that, or maybe your your OCDness about our hygiene. Um, but we bath, generally speaking, in South Africa once a day, or we take a shower at least once a day. At worst, every second day. And that is why one of the there's so many practicalities about the word of God. We see references about Jesus uh, rebuking Satan. He says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that goes forth from the word of God. So again, as you are eating and consuming word or consuming meals per day, we are invited to consume the word of God. As you are taking a bath at least once a day, we are invited to wash ourselves with the word. Uh, the awesome thing with the uh, lockdown is we, we had to sanitize our hands quite a lot during a, a specific day, right? You go to the mall and you, every store you walk in, there's a sanitizing. Now, the awesome thing, I'm going to take something that is uh, uh, this mundane and like it's become a schlep and then we're going to turn that into good. So next time you sanitize yourself, meditate on some scripture, seeing it as you're washing yourself with the word in that moment. Take one scripture, take one thought, even if it's just meditating on the love of God, that you get to enjoy friendship with God, sanitize your hand and meditate on the friendship that you get to enjoy with God because we're invited to wash ourselves with the word. But it's awesome that in our relationship with God, it's not just a superficial, it's not, it's not just an intellectual relationship. And that's why we see the example of marriage throughout the, 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 the New Testament and really the picture of uh, the, us being the bride, Jesus being our bridegroom, because it's talking about intimacy. If you see any healthy relationship, you see intimacy, you see, you see emotions involved. God is inviting us to partake of our emotions and relationship with him. That is a foreign statement to some of you because we are brought up in a, in a culture and in a world that we're so, so good at putting God in a box that we never actually come to see that that box we've put God in is so, so counter everything that he shows and demonstrates to us through his word, through the, 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 the metaphors and things that he was uh, teaching and using as teaching aid for us. Like I said, marriage, for example. Any healthy marriage in this room, there's intimacy, there's relationship, there's, there's emotions involved. And the same is what God desires for us through his Holy Spirit, to enjoy relationship with him and to partake in that relationship with our emotions as well. And we'll talk a little bit about that and activating that at the end of this time together. But let's go to 2 Corinthians 6.16. It says, What relationship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of the living God. Just as God has said, I will make my home in them and walk among them. I'll be their God and they will be my people. This is awesome. This is a, a quotation from the, the, the scriptures. And we see that this again has been God's desire from the beginning of time. I will make my home in them and walk among them. I'll be there and they'll be my people. Some translations say they'll be my friends. Religion has done such a bad job at representing the friendship that we get to have with God. And Jesus even, that's the main reason Jesus got crucified. Because he called God Father. We get to call God Father. We get to be called friends of God. We get to call God our Father and our friend. 
In some churches, I'd be getting a, a few stones thrown at my face right now for just uttering these words. This is God's desire for us. Why would he want to make home in us? Who do you invite over to your home? Generally speaking, there might be some exceptions. Who do you generally invite over to your home, into your home? Your friends. If you're inviting your enemies, then obviously you've got a, a tactic Then That's awesome because we're also invited to bless those who curse us, right? We're also invited to uh, minister to those who are opposed to the gospel. So it's great if you're working uh, uh, in that sense, being evangelical in uh, your invitations. That's awesome. Please, uh, let's, let's not just be inward focused. Let's not just be uh, about kind of, and that, this is challenging because we, we all have only so, so much time in our schedules, right? All of us are full, have full schedules. We're working jobs. And if you've got kids and you've got dad, and there's a whole bunch of things that our schedules get filled up with quite a bit. But just ask yourself this one question. Do you somewhere have a 30 minutes or an hour a day that you can really be purposeful? And I'll share this testimony quickly. Um, where you can be purposeful about reaching out to someone who you know does not know God. And um, on, when was it? Somewhere we went for breakfast and we went for breakfast at the specific um, uh, restaurant that we often go to. And this was our first time actually going out with Michael and with, with Chris. And uh, it's quite challenging uh, going out with kids <laughs> at that age. And uh, we were brave and we went for it and it worked out quite well for us. But the awesome thing is there's a specific lady working at one of the stores there. I've shared the story with you guys a little bit. Um, Muslim lady. And uh, I went there specifically with Michael to go and uh, greet her and show her Michael and have her meet Michael um, because she hasn't met Michael. And uh, I used that as an opportunity to build relationship, to build friendship. And I've got an agenda. It's fine to have agendas. It's fine to have agendas in your relationships. If your agenda is not self-seeking, because her salvation has got nothing to do with me. Her salvation is for herself. So my agenda is thinking about her. It's not thinking about me. So it's fine. Oftentimes our agendas are self-centered. It's not in this case. And so that's, a, that's an example of going out of my way where I was there with my brother and his fiance and I could have spent the whole morning just with them. But I took out at least probably like 10 minutes to spend time with her, friendship with her. The same thing um, at the, the, the barber that I got, get my hair cut. Also Muslim guys. And uh, I've had an engagement with them this past month probably where I asked them a few questions about, about the virgin birth and what they believe about the virgin birth. And they, they just got a silly story about the virgin birth, um, just to be uh, blunt. And uh, we've got so much significance because our story is the true story. Um, amen? Some of you seem like you're doubting. Our story, our story about the virgin birth is the true story, guys. You don't have to doubt. And uh, so I had some engagement, uh, exchange WhatsApp numbers, and he sent me a whole bunch of videos, and they were so lengthy. I, 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 I tried to spend some time watching them, but then I also uh, uh, just realized this is going to be a waste of my time, and I need to engage with them face-to-face. And so I uh, went for my haircut again this week. And then um, it, the store was empty. There was no other customer. So it was him. It was his brother. And then it was two other Muslim friends. And so I go sit down. He's like, oh, um, sorry, I haven't responded to your uh, WhatsApp yet. This, that, next. No, no, it's fine. How's your wife? How's your daughter? 
Um, so I know that he's got a wife. I know he's got a daughter. So we're always engaging on that. And then he's like, oh, um, sorry, I haven't responded to you yet, but why don't you ask my friend about, like, he, he's got all of the answers. So there's a much older Muslim guy. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, let's, let's chat. And the awesome thing was, again, for 10 minutes, we talked about Jesus. We talked about what Christians believe about the virgin birth, the sacrifice of God. And all of this, why I'm sharing the story with you is, we get to choose to share our lives with other people, not just our believing friends, but also with the unbelieving world out there. We can't take ourselves out of the unbelieving world. And sometimes it's going to maybe require for us. And I've shared with um, this, the, the guy, Oli, his name's Oli. I shared with them, we must go for coffee sometime. Now I can go with, for coffee with a whole bunch of people. Every one of you maybe wants to have coffee with me. And if you do want to have coffee with me, like uh, I'll, I'll make time out of my schedule for that. Um, but the point that I'm sharing with you is we also want to be purposeful about taking time out of our schedule, not just to be inward focused, me, my friends, my likes, but also sacrificing some time for the benefit of someone else that needs to hear about Jesus and his love for them. So let's be purposeful about that in this year. Let's all make a decision to allow the love of Christ not to just overflow to our friends and our family within the community, but also uh, those who have not yet made a decision to become part of the family of God. That was a complete side note. I trust that that stirred someone, blessed someone. So Romans 5 verse 11 says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. How did he do that? He did that through his spirit. Before the spirit was poured out, we could not have uh, effective, intimate friendship with God. There were people like Abraham, for example, who was called a friend of God. We'll look at that scripture in a moment. But that friendship had limitations on it because they could not enjoy intimacy the way that we get to enjoy intimacy today because he could not receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. His home, his body could not become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the awesome thing with all of these these, these pictures in the Old Testament or in the scriptures, the, the temple and sacrifices, all of these things, they pointed to something. They were all a build up towards something. And the awesome thing is we're living in the reality of what they all build up towards. That should excite you. That everything our forefathers, so to speak, in Hebrews 11, they all did amazing things by faith, but none of them inherited, none of them received the promise. And we are living in the reality of the promise, the fulfillment of God's greatest desire, His Spirit to live in man. Adam and Eve, God's desire, Spirit in man. Adam rejects throughout history. People reject. People do not want to receive. People do not want to believe in the goodness of God. They're living in a reality, the mystery of God revealed, which is Christ in us. Whatever you desire from a human friendship, you guys need to take this to heart. Whatever you desire from a human friendship, you first need to find in your friendship with God. Whatever you desire from a human friendship, you first need to find in your friendship with God. Because otherwise you'll only do harm to your human friendship if your friendship with the Holy Spirit is a superficial one. Because the fact of the matter is you've got friendship with the Holy Spirit. We are called the friends of God. But whether you're enjoying that friendship is a whole different story. 
There's friendship within this community that you all get to enjoy. But whether you're enjoying them, it's up to you. That's something someone needs to hear. There's friendship within this body, within this community that all of us get to enjoy. But whether you're enjoying that friendship is up to you. And it's the same with us in the Holy Spirit. And it needs to start with the Holy Spirit first. Because the more we enjoy friendship with the Holy Spirit, the greater you're going to enjoy your friendships with those people around you. I know it's super simple this morning. But it's simply profound. These are the basics of the gospel. These are the basics of Christianity. One of the greatest characters, characteristics of a healthy friendship is trust. Someone keeping their word, consistency. And who do we know as the most consistent being on the face of the earth? Jesus, God. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, shall it not make it good? From Numbers, and when, then we see the fulfillment of this in, in Hebrews and many other places in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 to 20, it kind of elaborates on this thought for us and says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure. The promise is this. Not the promise of job promotion. It's not the promise of anything other than the Holy Spirit. Those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. This is awesome. So here we see a ministry of the Holy Spirit. That through the Spirit, through this promise, you'll have surety that he'll never change his mind. What did we say? One of the healthiest characteristics of a great friendship is surety in your relationship. Knowing where you stand with them. This is something that we need to settle in our hearts. For you to have healthy friendship with God, you need to settle in your heart that he'll never change his mind about you. And this is one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit in our relationship with him is that he'll always reassure us of your friendship. So whenever you're in a moment where you're doubting your friendship and the oneness with God, know that that's not the ministry of the Holy Spirit, most likely the ministry of Satan himself. Because he's called the accuser of the brethren. He's there to deceive you to believe a lie. As he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. Making them think that God was withholding something from them. That's broken friendship. When you think that your friend is withholding something good from you. God is not withholding anything good from you. He's the giver of good gifts, James says. So the Spirit's ministry to us is to show us that we've got surety and that God will never change his mind about you. Verse 18, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. Say great confidence. As we hold to the hope that lies before us, this hope is and trustworthy anchor for souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in order or in the order of Melchizedek. Now, this is awesome. When it's talking about this inner sanctuary and it's talking about leading us through the veil, this is a type and shadows again, or it's talking about in this uh, um, 
translation, it leads us through the curtain. Now, you would have heard this, and it's again good for repetition because generally speaking, we've got this mindset in Christianity that we come to God and then we go to the rest of our lives. And then we come to God at moments and then I go to work. And then I come to God and then I say, hello, how are you doing? And then I go back to uh, whatever you're busy with. There was a time where the Spirit of God came and He went on specific people for specific purposes. And so the writer of Hebrews is very much writing firstly from a Jewish mindset. And one of the Jewish mindsets was the, the temple that was being talked about in this context. And it's talking about going through the curtain. Now Jesus, it says here, He was our high priest. Jesus has already. Say already. So when did this already happen? When the author wrote it? Or when Jesus went, when Jesus went. So I'm going to tell you guys, I'm asking you questions, but I'm giving you an answer as well. I'm very nice, I know. So, so Jesus already has gone in for us. He went in for us, and now we get to enjoy being the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. This is awesome. Throughout scripture, over and over again, I don't know how religion did this, where relationship or Christianity became a work. I don't know how they got there, where it became a work for us. Because clearly they didn't read the New Testament. They didn't read the Gospels and the letters, the epistles, explaining to us the old. They're stuck in the old, they're stuck in the, the, the types and the shadows, they're stuck in the, the prophecies pointing to, and they're not reading from the revelations of what was spoken about. Because here we see say, in 1 Corinthians that the Holy Spirit was given to you by God. He didn't ask you anything to give you the Holy Spirit. He didn't require anything from you to receive His Spirit. He just requires you to believe. It's that simple. Romans 11, let's go to Romans 11, verse 25. Are you guys being blessed this morning? We get to enjoy such a beautiful friendship with, with God through His Holy Spirit. And Romans 11, verse 25 says, up until 29 from the message translation says, I want to lay all this out on the table as clearly as I can, friends. This is complicated. It would be easy to misinterpret what's going on and arrogantly assume that you're royalty and they just rubble. So he's talking here in reference to the, the nation of Israel, the Jews, and then the Gentile nation. That's the, the reference of royalty and rubble. It would be arrogantly to assume that you're royalty and they just rubble out on their ears for good. But that's not it at all. This hardness on the part of the insider Israel towards God is temporary. Its effect is to open things up to all the outsiders so that we end up with the full house. Before it's all over, there will be a complete Israel. As it is written, a champion will stride down from the mountain of Zion. He'll clean house in Jacob. And this is my commitment to my people, removal of their sins. From your point of view, as you hear and embrace the good news of the message, it looks like the Jews are God's enemies. But looked at from a long-range perspective, say long-range perspective. 
So looked at a long-range perspective of God's overall purpose, overall purpose, they remain God's oldest friends. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Never canceled, never assigned. When is it canceled? Never. This was God's long-range plan, so to speak. Some, um, there's some scriptures talking about, again, God's long-range plan. God had a plan from the beginning of time. But when you focus in on a specific uh, picture and you zone in on something specific, like we know, looking uh, through something from a magnifying glass, it zones into a specific point and you can miss the rest of the puzzle. We talked about the illustration of a puzzle. If you take one puzzle piece, you lay it out on the table, you're going to have no idea what puzzle that is. You can maybe guess and you can kind of try and be spiritual and also Holy Spirit and then he'll maybe show you. <laughs> but that will be cheating. I'm joking. Um, but when we take the whole puzzle together, and this is the, the, the picture that the, the Jewish nation missed, if we take the whole picture together, we'll see that God had one purpose from the beginning of time again. And that purpose is his spirit to live in man. Not just the Jews, but in all his creation. An awesome thing with this picture of the, new, new, uh, the complete Israel is that we are the new and complete Israel. Israel is not, it's a, Israel is a nation, but it is also a picture of something. And we need to understand there's so many types and shadows, so many pictures in the Old Testament pointing to the fulfillment of what God desired for us. And that's relationship with his sons and his daughters. God's desire for Israel is the same as it is for the rest of the world. His spirit living in man. And this completeness we see in Colossians 2 verse 9 to 10, it says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So, so because of that, so you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. Complete means fulfilled. It means there's no more work to be done. You are not an incomplete believer. Some of you need to realize this. You are no means incomplete as a child of God. You are maybe lacking understanding and Paul prays for understanding. He prays for a deepening in our understanding of what has already happened. He's not praying for understanding of what needs to still happen. He's praying for understanding and getting clarity of revelation of what has already taken place. And this is what's taken place. We are complete in Christ through our union with him. In no means are you incomplete. Do you lack anything? In the spirit. All we need is deeper understanding. What's the one gift? Marna talked a little bit about this last week, but it's so beautiful. Building on this in this message this morning as well. What's the one gift Satan and the world can never take from you? What's the one gift? There's a whole bunch of things that the world can take from you. Satan can steal from you. There's one thing for all of eternity that he'll never be able to take from you. It's the Spirit of God. That's why we need to build our lives upon that relationship. 
first and foremost and let everything flow from our relationship and our friendship with the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? You can lose your house. You can lose your job. You can lose all of the friends around you like Job did. Those things can happen to you. But when your life is so found upon and you've got such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, your Father, none of those things will shake you and your life won't fall apart through going through those difficulties. Because difficulties will come. Persecution will come. Why? Because 18 said no, because Jesus said. Jesus said persecution will come. The end times are going to get difficult, guys. We see this. We're talking about darkness. Dark is going to get darker. People are going to call good evil, evil good. It's already happening. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Why am I saying it with a smile on my face? Because I've got the Spirit of God living inside of me. I've got a contentment that nothing getting worse on the external is going to change what I've got on the inside. And when we keep first things first and we're living for something greater than just my pleasures, man, am I going to be fulfilled and satisfied through all of eternity? Doesn't matter what's happening around me. This is for all of us. This is what God desires for each and every one of us. Not just the pastor standing up front giving the message. Each one of his sons and his daughters, he wants us to enjoy a friendship with him that is the best friendship that we could ever enjoy. Man, in a time of worship, like it's so important to activate and use our imaginations because your imagination is working 24-7. Right now, you're imagining the food that you're going to have for lunch. I'm sure there's someone here. Anyone want to be honest? <laughs> Nikita, thank you. Some of you are imagining things that, that like, is personal to you. And I want to invite you to use your imagination and your relationship with God when you're studying the Word. Imagine these things. Guess what? You'll never pray for someone, lay hands on the sick if you've never gone there in your mind. It's going to be very difficult for you to do something in the natural, in the physical, if you haven't gone there before in your mind, in your imagination. Anyone who's ever committed the, the, the sin of adultery, before they went there, they went there in their mind. They entertained certain thoughts in their mind. We need to realize that that's where temptation happens. And just like that's where temptation happens, that is where the seed for the fruit of the Spirit and the manifestation from God also happens in your mind. We need to become active in engaging with our imagination and dreaming the dreams and seeing the things that God says about us and talks about us through His Word. Just sealing the deal in James 1 verse 17 says every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like a shifting shadow. Hebrews 10, 30, uh, 23 says, So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps His promises. Again, it's so beautiful. Throughout the Word, over and over and over again, it talks about God's faithfulness to us. It talks about all of these good and healthy things that we desire in earthly friendships, and it's good to desire those things. But man, if you want the best friendship in the whole world, you're going to find it simply in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. And when you find it there, and you start kind of camping there, and you start 
really in investing time in that because it's a matter of investing. It doesn't just happen by default. It happens through, firstly, meditating on the love of God. This morning when we prayed together, when we had our prayer meeting, in Jude 1 verse 20 and 21, it talks about uh, um, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God. We need to always understand that in friendship with God, it always needs to start with knowing that He loves us. And it seems simple, it seems like too simple. But unless it starts there, it's not going to go anywhere else. We need to always start from the, 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 the point of departure, always needs to be God loves me. He's a good, good father. He desires only good things for me. In 1 John, and we're coming to a close, in 1 John chapter 4, 15 to 19, G, John writes about the perfect recipe for this, this friendship that, and relationship that God desires for us. 1 John 4, 18 to 19 says, Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. Say intimate experience. It's not talking about an intellectual experience. It's talking about an intimate experience. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love He has for us. Where is our trust? In your good works? Where is your trust? In the people around you? Where is your trust? And the love He has for you. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. This is awesome. Those who are living in love are living in God and from that place God lives through you. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are you in the world. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Now there's a lot in here, but I want to just zone in on, focus in on this picture again. The love of God and the Spirit of God in us, which is the promise that He, that he made kind of complete or that he may be brought to fulfillment the promise that was made from the beginning of time to Abraham the seed the the, the spirit of God living in man this promise and this reality will give us a surety not just in this life but in the time when Jesus reappears as well man think about this for a moment if Jesus appeared right now and it's like the end of the world he reappears. How are you going to feel? Like, I'm not talking about being overwhelmed with His glory, His splendor, His beauty. Like, I'm not talking about that. In your surety of where are you going from here? How are you going to feel? What, what's going to go through your mind? The bad things you did this past week? Just think about it. I know it's difficult to kind of fathom like, okay, cool. The textbook answers. I'm going to think about my righteousness. <laughs> what, happens, uh, what happens to toothpaste when it's squeezed? What comes out? Toothpaste. So generally in life, 
Whatever happens, the pressures of this life, whatever comes and squeezes you, what is on the inside is going to come out. At times, there's some cuss words that have come out of my mouth, even while being a believer. Can you believe it? <laughs> it's happened. Uh, uh, and, and it just goes to show again, where do we learn cuss words from? All over. TV, all of these things. These are Bruce Willis movies, you know. None of you have watched Die Hard 1, 2, and 3, and 4. Just me. Okay, I'm in good company. <laughs> so we learn these things now. Why I'm sharing the story is because the only way that I know those cuss words is because I've, I've sowed the seed, like I've, I've, I've learned them somewhere. And now, when I get a fright at times, like sometimes words come out that I'm not thinking of. They just come out. Like I, I don't think, okay, well, which word I'm going to pick out of my, my list. They just come out. Now, what I'm sharing is what you believe truly on the inside of you is going to come out somewhere. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the scripture says. As a man thinks in his heart so easy, your life will follow your focus. Your life will follow what you truly believe in your heart. So the question is, is if Jesus would reappear today, how would you feel in that moment? Would you be sure? Would you be confident of your salvation, of your friendship with Him? Because the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit is continually ministering this truth and reality to you. That you are sure that God loves you. He's not changing His mind about you. He's ministering this to each one of us daily. But the question is, are you listening? The question is, are you allowing Him to wash you with His love, assurance of your salvation, of your friendship? And the only way that He can do this is if we give Him the time of the day. If we're mindful, if we tune in. As a radio needs to be tuned in, there's signals transmitting continually, so we need to tune in to the voice of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, in conclusion, the friend that will never leave you, never let you down, never keep record of your mistakes, always be patient, always kind towards you, is living right on the inside of you. The best friendship you'll ever have is living right on the inside of you. It's right in front of your eyes. What does the saying say? How does the saying go? We often miss what is right in front of our eyes. It's the same in this regard. The best friendship, the most satisfying friendship that you'll ever have is right in front of your eyes. It's God's Spirit living in you. Ministering His love to you. Ministering His goodness to you. Speaking only good of you. Speaking those things which God prophetically wants to live through you. Speaking those things over you. Whenever there's an opportunity to pray for someone that is sick, He's not forcing you to pray for that person. He's prophetically inviting you and showing you that you can do this. And then you get to decide whether you're going to step out and do it. But that's the type of friendship that we have with the Holy Spirit. Never condemning, never forceful, always gently inviting us. Satan wants you to believe that God is distant and that He comes and goes depending on your holy living. That's not the truth. It's not works, but it's faith that pleases God. And that friendship is sealed by faith. I love it in Hebrews 11. It paints this truth for us and says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. 
What's the reward? You might ask. Simple. It's the Holy Spirit. Because that is what you get when you believe. So again, it's super simple. But it needs to sink in. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the reward of them that diligently seek him. Believe ushers in the Holy Spirit. That is our reward. That is our eternal reward. That is what will change your life. Now you might wonder, why is my life not changing? Good question. Because this is the one thing that God desires. Who knows best, God or you? God knows best. All of us know that, right? All of us, if we're going to write the test, none of us will fail on that. Maybe you'll be prideful and you want to like, make yourself seem wiser than God. God knows best. God's best for you is this one thing, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. God's best plan for your life is the Spirit of God living in you. Now, if God Almighty knows best, has made this possible for you. I'm glad you guys are sitting so far from me. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing about holier water here. On, on. I'm glad for this distance. Um, this needs to sink in because if this is God Almighty, is best for you, is His Spirit living inside of you, and we are lacking in some regard, or we, if, if we despondent on we discontent or dissatisfied and we just bitter and we we're full of hate and we our lives are just a mess we have to wonder why is that if there's one thing that god desired from the beginning of time if this one thing has been made a possibility if this is god's best for us his spirit living in us we have to ask why is it not all working out problem is in between your ears what you believe about these things because these things are true but the difference is whether this has become truth for you because remember the demons even know who God is scripture says the demons know who Jesus is they shudder they tremble they know that he is God but it's those, it's not good enough to know. The demons know. But it's about revelation knowledge. It's about intimacy with God. Intimacy with who He is on the inside of you. Enjoying that friendship. God desires for us to, to enjoy friendship with Him. He desires for each one of us to know more intimately and to enjoy the friendship that we get to have through the Holy Spirit. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.